This is the Scale with Psychology podcast, where you're going to optimize your psychology to exponentially scale your business and become the ultimate version of yourself. I'm your host, Ani Manian, widely known as the Mind Whisperer and trusted advisor and psychedelic therapist to the world's top entrepreneurs and leaders. And I believe that entrepreneurship is a mental game. And the main constraint in any business is not the strategies and tactics, but the psychology of the founder. And with each episode, I'm going to help you take your life in business to levels you never thought possible. If you're ready to play the game of life and business in God mode, then this is the podcast for you. Entrepreneurs Rising, I'm your host, Ani Manian, and I have a very special guest for you today. My guest today, he works with thought leaders, business leaders, visionaries, people who are here to make a genuine contribution to the shift in consciousness in this planet. He writes career-defining speeches for leaders all over the world. He helps people create breakthrough content to powerfully represent their work. And he helps change makers like you identify who you are deep down, what your gifts are, and bring your message forward in a way that amplifies, activates, and just transmits your mission and vision. So the people who you're here to serve are impacted, moved, and inspired. Please join me in welcoming my friend and colleague, Jar- Garrison Cohen. Hello there. Hey, Ani. Hey, hey, Ani. hey everybody. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Tell us a little bit about what you do what you're here on earth up to and Mm -hmm. how you help people really connect with their essence and why is it so important right now more so than any other time in the history of this planet Mm. so what i do is and, and you spoke to it beautifully I work with thought leaders, visionaries, business leaders, people who even see themselves as emerging thought leaders. They have a, a work or a craft or a brilliance in some form that they know makes a huge difference in the world and they need to speak about it. They need people to understand the power of what it is that they do or their idea or concept. And what I do is I, I create groundbreaking career defining speeches for these people. Um, I oversee the process. I have an entire creative team of editors, writers, TEDx organizers, comedians, um, you know, identity uh, experts. And it goes so much further than just writing a speech for someone. What I'm really doing is creating a custom-built Iron Man suit for my client's soul so they can stand on stage and magnify the power of their truth and their vision and their mission so that people can feel the the real impact and feel captivated and intrigued and moved and touched and inspired by what they're up to. And then once we've created this beautiful vehicle made out of the, really their own language that they can step inside of, I teach them how to move in it, how to navigate in it, how to how to work it to the point where they realize they don't even need that suit anymore because they've become who they're here to be. They've become the leader 
that they dreamed of being. I, I truly see my work as self-actualization for leaders who are here to make a difference on the planet. Oh, and then to your second question, why is this so important right now? Oh my God. That's a rhetorical question, right? Um, you know, there's never been a time in history where it has been more important for people who are here to make a difference to have a voice. And, and in whatever small way or large way that is, people have never been hungrier for authenticity, for um, coming into wholeness with themselves and feeling that they can be part of making a difference on the planet. It's so important. In fact, if you are here to be a leader in some way, I'm very clear that this is your time. Well said. And this really, and I have the benefit of, you know, knowing you at a fairly deep level, this for you is not just a professional journey, it's a personal one. Because totally. this is something that you've both struggled with and embodied. And this has mm. been an edge that you've continually explored and you've continually pushed the limits. And, you know, I, and I share some of those edges with you. You know, mm. I too have, and I say have rather than had, because, you know, a part of me still has this fear of being seen. Mm -hmm. A part of me still has this fear of being judged. A part, part of me still has this fear of not being liked. And, you know, this is real time evidence of me not eliminating that fear, not destroying that fear as is often recommended, but really making friends with that fear letting that fear have a seat at the table, letting it be acknowledged, accepting that fear, and allowing myself to feel the enormity of my mission and knowing that my mission in the world, which is to help at least a billion people live an exceptional life by empowering entrepreneurs to really you know, create powerful shifts that amplify their, their impact, their influence. Um, my mission depends on me being seen because if mm -hmm. I'm not seen, then people aren't being supported by me. And, you know, if, if I can't do that, then I can't make the impact that I'm here to make. And, you know, I've struggled with this most of my life. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are listening who really want to step up, who really want to serve, who really want to be seen. But that fear is holding them back. And that fear is even stronger right now because... There's so much fear out there. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey, your personal journey in this way, and really the genesis of how you came to be doing this kind of work. Because I think what people really need to understand about you is that, you know, you're not this person who was born, you know, on a stage and always, you know, courting attention and giving great speeches, even though you've done that. But mm -hmm. it's been, you know, an intense journey for you as well. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's been, it, this is so much my own journey. And, you know, I want to I start by saying that a lot of people who struggle with speaking, the reason that they struggle with it is because a lot of times they're speaking words that are not fully in alignment with 
who they are, with their soul, with their essence, with their truth. And when you have words and language that are in complete alignment with who you are and what you are, then all of a sudden it's almost as if someone gave you the most perfectly fitting glove that you're like, oh, wow, this is, I like this. I like the colors. I like the style. This is like, this is beautiful. I would wear this. And then you put it on your hand and it's like, oh, damn, wow. Now imagine that with like an entire suit because the language of the speech, when it so fits you so perfectly, it becomes a joy to speak that and it completely changes the experience. Just wanted to add that in. And now to go back to the beginning of the story to answer your question. Yeah, I um, I have a little video on my website that kind of goes back into the backstory. But, you know, I basically began it to say that my first public speech was significantly worse than most people's worst fears of public speaking. I was, uh, first of all, growing up in a hostile Boston suburb as a high-level empath, feeling everything that everyone was feeling, including everything that everyone was trying not to feel, was completely overwhelming for me. And so here I am in ninth grade, having to give my first speech in front of my class on some subject that was completely not interesting to me. And my heart's beating out of my chest, I'm sweating, I'm standing in front of the class with my cue cards. The first thing that goes wrong is that in the very front row, the very front desk in front of me is a kid who is a huge bully, and he's having an out loud conversation with the kid in the desk next to him, also in the front row facing me in the middle of my presentation. So I ask him, please be quiet. I'm doing my presentation. So he turns, starts baring his fist, telling me he's going to beat the crap out of me right after class. So here I am being physically threatened with violence in the middle of my presentation to an audience that is already completely disrespecting my presentation by talking over me anyways. So I start to notice that old style black and white TV fuzz around the, cor- around the edges of my eyes. And as I'm trying to give my speech, it's like slowly cropping in closer and closer until I'm just looking through this teeny little hole. And then I see my cards go flying up in the air I hit the ground, I'm looking up at the ceiling. I hear the teacher somewhere in the distance say, oh my gosh, can two boys please help him get to the nurse's office? Next thing I know, I'm being dragged down the hall on my back, like by my wrists, as two boys drag me down the hall, laughing their heads off all the way to the nurse's office. If anyone has ever had a worst first public speaking experience, I would be impressed. So that's the beginning of my story. Now, I'll fill in the details, but suffice to say, years later, I'm speaking on stages in front of, you know, close to 2,500 people, holding them on the edge of their seats for up to an hour and 45 minutes and, and just riding it like, like I'm surfing a wave. What happens in between those two points, my first speech and experiences like that was that, you know, that summer after um, that experience, my mother had heard the very end of a radio interview with a woman who um, had created some kind of 10-day camp for kids. And all my mom got was that it was it was good for confidence. So she's like, I'm sending you to this thing, you're gone. And so I went. 
What she didn't realize was that the woman who ran this program was at the epicenter of all of these underground communities that no one would ever hear of for another decade and a half, maybe. And they were underground communities called neurolinguistic programming, emotional intelligence, embodiment, accelerated, accelerated learning, nonviolent communication, um, you know, self-expression, all, all of these different communities. And she brought the leaders from all of these communities in to be the facilitators of this incredible program. Just blew my mind. And I learned so much about self-expression and how my mind and my body work together and being able to speak what I'm feeling and, you know, reach goals. And we're doing board breakings and ropes courses and it's an amazing experience. And so I decided to keep going back until I was eventually on staff. And then I kept going back every year after that, growing and learning and be getting deeper and deeper into what it was to be a facilitator of all these things. And I started to realize that this program was actually an incubator for some of the best speakers and facilitators in the world. Tony Robbins was a facilitator at this program before anyone even knew his name. And now the people that I've worked with at that program have gone on to do incredible huge things. And by the time I was done, the last few years, I was on stage leading for all of these, all of these students and rocking it. So from there, I was simultaneously in film school, um, and my senior film was a finalist in the Student Academy Awards because I was fascinated by telling beautiful, incredible stories that would have people on the edge of their seats. And um, it was a finalist, but if it had won, it would have been in the short film category of the Academy Awards. So through this organization that I've been a part of during the summers, uh, I made a friend who had started the company speaking at colleges around the country. He saw me speak and liked my style and invited me to be a part of his organization and start speaking at colleges. And I very quickly realized that I had learned so many incredible distinctions and integrated them into myself around being able to hold an audience on the edge of their seat. And I could stand in front of an audience of hundreds or thousands and keep them absolutely captivated. And the moment I could feel the audience's attention shifting, I could shift and have them come right back into attention and feeling intrigued with what I was up to. And so I did this for several years and uh, just got really big and then eventually decided that I didn't really want to be traveling all the time. So I took my, um, I took my experience in film and video production and uh, started two different uh, multimedia companies. One was with an uh, organization in San Francisco where I was living, capturing um, the work of these transformational programs, teaching the, the highest level of authentic relating between men and women in relationships. It's groundbreaking, absolutely groundbreaking. Sold products all over the world, and it really helped, it really helped men to see what was possible in relationships. We got unsolicited testimonials from all over the world, people saying, I've always been looking for this and I didn't know if it actually existed. From there, I created a, a second media company teaching men sex education, um, basically ancient Taoist principles on energy, breath, musculature, self-awareness, so that men could actually learn how to separate ejaculation from orgasm and be able to have the orgasm and not have the ejaculation retain their energy, go for as long as they want. And uh, it's a beautiful contribution to relationships. So 
After that time, I did a lot of coaching, had two different podcasts, did a lot of writing. I started blogging and did three blog posts and got over a million views and was just reminded, oh, right, I'm a really good writer. Did two different podcasts and was reminded I'm a really good interviewer. And so it's really come full circle these days um, in coming back to the the contribution that I want to make on the planet right now is around taking this whole background of of skills and superpowers and experiences and integrating them all together to help the people who are here to really make a difference have a voice and be heard and be celebrated for their work because I guarantee there are so many people out there and there are people who will resonate deeply with your particular voice if they can hear your voice in its authenticity and its vulnerability and its power. And that's what gives me so much joy these days. And here's here's the thing which really comes back to is that, you know, it all comes back to my own particular journey. I grew up feeling very unheard and very unseen. And so it's it's a part of my own evolution to have people who are here to make a difference in the world feel profoundly heard and profoundly seen. There's almost like this full full circuit that happens. And I experience so much joy for having others have that experience. So there you go. Hope I answered the question. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah. um, let's let's break things down into sure. some some practical things that people who are listening, who are watching, who really struggle with this mm-hmm. can take away and can implement. So yeah. anything from you know how you've played with that fear yourself, mm-hmm. how you've made a message more powerful what the difference is between speaking and transmitting. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a place to start. What is sure. the difference between speaking your message and transmitting your message? It's a great question. So a lot of people have the perception that a speech is, I speak my ideas and the audience considers them. That is not what a speech is. A speech is a conversation between nervous systems. And so when I speak, whether I am in my truth or not, whatever is spoken from me comes through my vocal cords, through my voice, and the quality of the vibration and the frequency of that is picked up in the listening by others, translated through their through their mind down into their through their reptilian brain and into their own nervous system and there's this unconscious conversation happening where whatever's coming through me is being received by them and the way it is received by them their entire system is creating a response to it and it's completely subconscious and we're unaware of it so when we speak from the depth of our personal truth, there's a very particular resonance that comes through with that that is received by other people. Now, here's, here's some really quick, interesting neuroscience, which is that we also think we have 
one single brain, which we actually don't. We have three brains. The original brain was the reptilian brain. It's about the size of a golf ball. On top of that, after millions of years, grew the limbic brain. So reptilian brain is all instinct, survival, those kinds of things. Limbic brain is um, emotions, needs, desires. And then the neocortex on top of that is logic, abstract thinking. A lot of times we make the mistake thinking we're, we're talking to the, the neocortex, but in truth, it's the reptilian brain that runs the show. And if the reptilian brain doesn't feel that we are trustworthy in our words, if the frequency and vibration of our, our words coming from us don't land in the reptilian brain in a way that rep, the reptilian brain says, oh, they're a friend, I trust this person, I like this person, then the, it will actually trigger the neocortex to create filters of, um, that won't allow the information to land inside of the neocortex because it could be um, faulty information or poisonous information or information that could get them or the rest of the tribe killed. So it'll create distraction filters in the form of judgment, ridicule, um, confusion, so that the information doesn't land in. So I'm going to pause you there for a second and really blow up this point because this mm -hmm. is super, super, super key. And I think it's leading us to a very important piece. The thing is that we give too much attention to our conscious mind yeah. in this society. Our conscious mind, our logical mind, or you know, the thing that is happening, the activity that's happening in the prefrontal cortex is at best one to 4% of our total cognition. Mm -hmm. Now, the reptilian brain is really 95 to 99%. And all of this is happening at an unconscious level. And the conscious mind can process about 40 bits per second of information. The mm -hmm. unconscious mind processes about 40 million bits per second. Mm -hmm. And this happens at a completely nonverbal level. This happens at a completely unconscious level. And this is how we evaluate our environment for whether anything in our environment is a threat. Because a reptilian brain is only considered with our survival and it's constantly scanning our environment for a threat to our survival. And it's got a filter where it does this pretty much all the time, especially when we're interacting with another human being. Mm -hmm. Now, what lets the reptilian brain know that someone is a threat? And this is really relevant because when you're on a stage, when you're doing a Facebook Live, when you're sharing uh, some content on social media, even your website copy, what lets the reptilian brain know that someone or something is a threat is incongruence. And that is a mismatch between what is being communicated what, what it's reading between the lines, basically, what's being con co communicated non-verbally and what's actually being con communicated by the, the words and the content. So there is a context to what you're sharing, and then there's the content. And when there's a mismatch between the context and the content, the reptilian brain is basically triggered. And as soon as the reptilian brain is triggered, it's sending all these signals which cause a completely, let's say, undesired reaction in your listeners. So I just wanted to jump in and really highlight 
why it is so important to know yourself and to transmit your essence and be in full alignment and integrity, having this match between your message and your essence and who you are. Because I think that's one of the most pivotal parts of the work you do. And I've experienced it firsthand. And I think that is something that most people struggle with because most people really don't have any idea who they are. And if you don't know who you are, it's virtually impossible to transmit who you are and what you are and what you stand for. And therefore, it's impossible for people to really be with you, to connect with you, to be moved by you, to be inspired by you in the way that you desire. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That was beautiful. Um, Yeah, right there with you. It's... I think one of the many reasons people feel so much fear of being on stage is that they already feel that incongruency inside of them. Not only is it uncomfortable and painful for the audience, but the more aware you are, the more painful it feels inside of you because you start, you don't even have to be aware. You still just feel the incongruence. It's part of the, it's part of being human. We can't run from it. And that's the thing. You can't fake it either. Which is why when someone does find their congruence, it's beautiful. That's why when these TED Talks that you see that have millions and millions of views, the majority of them are because the congruence is beautiful. And that's what I do in my work. That's my superpower is seeing the person, seeing what is congruent inside of them and their message, and then bringing them together in the most beautiful artistic way that can have them say, oh my gosh, Garrison, I can own the shit out of this. And that is where part two of life begins. What's that like? <laughs> I mean, and that's, that's what I spoke to before, which is uh, what I see as self-actualization for thought leaders, where It's the moment in a person's life where they can say, oh, wow, I just arrived at who I'm here to be. Now, now I can really get started in the difference that I'm here to make. Now I can really get started in being known for who I want to be known for. Now I can really get started in representing myself in the way that I've always wanted to. That's where life part two begins. And I I think that for those people who are on the path, who are clear that that's what this life is for, for them, I don't see any, I, I don't see any more powerful vehicle than speaking yourself into reality by, or speaking yourself into existence by having a speech that truly defines who you are and your mission and absolutely touches people. I would argue that your work is not just important, but absolutely critical Mm -hmm. for pretty much every human being alive. Mm. And this stems from my belief that we have a fundamental need to be known. Mm. And that is, you know, this is not something that I hear people talk about but you know i see this in my work with my clients and it's really the core Mm -hmm. we hide pretty much from the moment we're born 
because mm. we come into a world where we as we are isn't enough mm-hmm. and we have to become someone we have to act a certain way we have to behave a certain way um we have to do certain things and achieve certain things to be loved mm. to be accepted to be approved of to be tolerated and so we learn that who we are at you know at a foundational level is not enough so we hide yeah. and i believe that every human being is on this planet in this life in their search to be known to be known mm-hmm. fully to be touched fully at that place inside where who they are and what their essence is is expressed yeah. right and we live in so much disconnection in the society that it's really not engineered or configured for us to know each other truly for us to truly feel each other because we're almost you know these floating heads disconnected from our bodies and hearts walking around craving mm-hmm. contact craving connection mm-hmm. yeah. craving intimacy craving to be known and mm-hmm. so this work of identifying and connecting with your own essence and then expressing that transmitting that so that other people may know us is actually a foundational human need it goes mm-hmm. above you know getting publicity for your business it goes above you know driving traffic and generating leads and you know creating cultivating and creating an audience it is a fundamental human need we have that is not being met by society i love it and and i completely agree you know i the people that i'm i'm reaching out to you know are clearly those who are um really on the want to be on the on the cutting edge of what they can offer and at the same time i've taken other people through this process who haven't necessarily you know wanted that but to go through the process of having their story distinguished kind of like i say sometimes throwing dust on the invisible man so you can start to see like oh wow it has a personality it has a movement it has a particular way about it that's completely unique and to have that so illuminated back to yourself it's a pro- it's a profound process of of seeing yourself in a way that most people have never felt seen before and, and that by itself is life changing and so i want to challenge myself here a little bit and step into an edge hmm. you know we've been playing together and hmm. you know exchanging our gifts with each other and you know you've been helping me connect my essence and and express it to give people a demonstration of some of what you know some of the kinds of outputs that you create is there something you want to share that you've sort of pulled out of me in our conversations <laughs> that would be fun and i know this i'm totally putting you on the spot that's right but if there's something you want to share um that would be sort of your understanding of my essence mm-hmm. to to you know just to let people understand really and connect and touch you and your work and your essence yeah in fact i do um and 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 i i don't say that like this was planned or we talked about it um 
you know, as you know, Ani, there's a um, a little piece that um, I've been working on for you that is of just a very short window, very small window with a very big view. And that was the purpose of it, not to create an entire speech, but literally like half a page that would just define you to the world. And uh, I was going to share it with you this coming Friday, but apparently I'm going to share it with you now. And and you you haven't seen this before, so <laughs> I'll pull it up. And as you pull it up, I'm aware of butterflies fluttering in my body because I have no uh -huh. idea what you're going to share. And yep. this is being broadcast live. Uh-huh. And that's an interesting experience. Yeah. Well, way to be on your edge. If you're reading this right now, then you're probably someone who gets that the world is malleable, changeable, and flexible. You know in your heart that it is possible to bend reality, and you see that the resources exist for you to create whatever you want. But this doesn't mean you've got it all figured out. Your fear of being trapped not only has you going in five directions at once, but it prevents you from building a legacy. You give too much to others, which has you end up feeling depleted. And because your approach is so non-standard, it creates massive inefficiencies in your work. If this sounds familiar, read on. My name is Ani Mannion. I've led multiple companies in their strategies and operations growing revenues from the low millions to over 100 million. I've advised over 30 executive teams on how to optimize their psychology and leadership capacity to work less, reduce stress, and attain new levels of extraordinary performance. And 100% of my clients have gone on to create profound impact and change in the world, including lasting happiness and personal well-being. If what you've just read resonates with something inside of you, then we should have a conversation. Wow. I feel the resonance of that. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, it's a pleasure to interview you around that and create something that would just very succinctly speak to, to who you are and what you bring and the magic that you see as possible. And, and the people who, who get that as well and struggle in those places as well. That's beautiful. Um... I feel called to give people a glimpse into what that process is like. So I'd yeah. love for you to share like, you know, how, how exactly this comes about. And I'd also love for you to share some of the questions you ask, because what people may know about you is that you help people, mm -hmm. you know, connect to their essence and transmit it. But one of the things that I love about you is your ability to ask some of the most powerful, poignant questions that anyone's ever been asked in potentially their life. Yeah. And so it would be really cool for people to 
hear those questions and potentially mm-hmm. have the experience of you asking them these questions in this way. Sure. Um, yeah, and do you want me to just say the questions or do you want to answer them? Because you have been through some of those questions already. Yeah, maybe just just share a few questions and we'll just leave silence in between mm-hmm. so listeners and viewers can can answer it in their heads as they listen. So one of my favorite questions to ask is, is a question that I came up with a bunch of years ago. And it simply goes like this. When you were a little boy or girl, what was something you did that you or your family or your friends would look back on and say, oh my gosh, this was so you to do? Now, that's the question. Now, there's there's a few things about that. One is that when we share a story from something that we did when we were young, like maybe around the age of six or so, before we had uh, filters, before we had an ego that said, oh, I shouldn't be seen that way or I shouldn't do that, when we're simply letting our essence move through us in whatever way it feels inspired, what we're literally seeing is the essence of who we are. Later on in life, if you look at who you are today, you can see, well, my tastes have changed, my, my perspectives, my judgments, my view of the world, my style, everything has changed. But in what way is that essence still well and alive in your life today? Because the one aspect of us that never changes is our essence the one thing that never changes. That's how we know who we are. And so it's a very quick and beautiful way to see who a person truly is. And a lot of times, people who are here to make a really big difference in the world, who they were in the kid, who they were as a child, and that story of what they were like as a child will apply directly to the work that they're doing in the world, which immediately establishes them as an expert, because it's not just something, oh, I went to school and studied this. No, I've been doing this my entire life. Now, for some people who didn't have a childhood where their essence felt safe enough to to just creatively move through them, they were more in survival mode. There's something called an island of resilience. And it's that part of us that rises up like this enormous bubble, you know, from up under the water up to the surface and basically says, all right, everybody Everybody chill out. I'm going to get us through this. And oftentimes what that island of resilience is, is the thing that shows up in our life now as our superpower. And so it, it works in both ways, but it's a very powerful question to very quickly see a very deep aspect of who we are. Another favorite question I have is having someone speak the answer to a three-part sentence stem regarding your work. Most people think dot, 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 but what's really true is that dot, 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 and what I know in my heart is that dot, dot, dot. And those three prompts allow people to go so deep to the core of what they know. It's not something you have to think about. It's not something you have to research. There's a truth that we're all connected to. And whatever 
in whatever way that is most alive is immediately brought up to the surface by those questions. I often, ask, I often like to ask people, what do most people misunderstand about your work? You know, because we look at it from the opposite view. What is it that people don't get about your work? Because when you see what people don't get, you see what's missing in order for them to actually get that. And that's what people really need. One more? <laughs> sure. Let me see. I've got so many questions here. I just have to scan through. Let me see if I can pull out a, a good one. You know, one thing, and I, it can sometimes be challenging for people to, um, to answer this question because most people haven't thought as fully as the answer to this goes. But the question would be, what would the end goal of the complete realization of your work be where the problem you wanted to solve was so completely resolved that you had no business anymore. You were out of business because the problem had so been solved. What would that world look like? You know, so many of us work so hard to create the reality that we want to live in, but we haven't actually thought about what that would really feel like to be there. What would people's relationships be like? What would the environment be like? What would the world around us be like? Because in so many ways, our vision and mission and purpose is not a place to get to. It's a place to come from. And when you can speak that vision into reality, and just like we were talking earlier, Ani, about it's a conversation between nervous systems, when people can feel your relationship with that beautiful world that you know is possible, that's when they start to feel that inside of themselves as well. And when we write from that place, I mean, I, I almost feel tears in my eyes at how beautiful it is to create that because most people don't even think that fully. So those are, those are a few of my questions. So you just teed me up or teed yourself up. How would you answer okay. that question? What does it look like? <laughs> <laughs> For, <laughs> for your mission and vision to be realized so completely that you're out of business, what would that world look like? It would be a world where there's such a level of authenticity, such a level of, of deep listening and curiosity that there wasn't need, <clears throat> there wasn't need for conflict anymore because we didn't we don't need it people we we would live in a world where people know that all conflict can be resolved by people listening deeply and being curious and working together to see how can we figure this out and because we had done that on such enormous and large scales that all that was left was just these little things we had taken care of the big rocks so fully that everything had started to kind of take care of itself. And it's a world where people feel invested in taking care of each other because they know that in taking care of each other, we're really taking care of ourselves and we're contributing to a whole thing. We live in a world of such an illusion of separateness and that couldn't be further from the truth. And when people get how connected we all are, then we, we take action differently in this world because we know that every action we take impacts the whole. So we have a care for that.
We care for the environment that sustains us all. We care for the relationships that go off and impact other relationships. You know, we care for ourselves because we know that us feeling nourished and cared for allows us to bring our best to everyone else. I mean, that's a great party to go to, man. That's the, that's, that's the party I want to be at. And, and in a lot of ways, that's, that's kind of where I live from anyways. I really do. You know, that's, that's where I like to live from. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge that that's, you know, every time we connect, I really feel that. Mm. Thank you. So it comes through. I'm so glad because it feels like it, but it's nice to get that reflection. Thank you. Yeah. And that's why we need each other, right? Because it's through each other that we see pieces of ourselves reflected back. Mm. And that's how we know ourselves. And yeah. that's why your work is so important because when people get on a platform, whether it's digital, which is what's possible right now, or you know, on a physical stage, and mm-hmm. they transmit pieces of themselves, it's reflected back by every person who sees them, who hears totally. them, who feels yeah. them. And they feel themselves reflected back from a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million people. And that's how we know ourselves. And that's how we fulfill this foundational purpose. Mm-hmm. Yep. hundred percent of the universe coming to know itself. Yeah. And that's itself. the and that's the self-actualization I'm talking about. When you speak on stage and it's received by you know, a thousand, a hundred thousand, a million people. And all those people are like, yes, yes. And you receive that back into yourself. Then you can have the experience of being such a yes to yourself. And there's and self-actualization that happens where it's like, okay, I'm going to accept with all of this reflection, I'm going to accept that this is who I am. And this is the work that I'm here to do. And I also want to add to that. The other part of it is that when we take the risk to put ourselves out there and speak and we deliver it in a way that is so comes from our heart and our soul we find our tribe we find our next level tribe because the people who are the the allies and the supporters and the guides and the mentors and the the peers who get it as well that's when they can see you that's when they can see you like a lighthouse you know 20 miles away with a little spark out in the darkness and they can say, oh, I'm going to keep moving towards that spark because you've sent that out and they can find their way to you. That's what's so beautiful about all of this. That's beautifully said. And I, you know, feel like this is a fitting place to bring this conversation to an end. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd love for you to share how people can find you, find your work. Um, Yeah. And, you know, if there's any personal declarations or messages you want to use to make you want to use this opportunity to make feel free to do that too thank you um yeah a few things um so one you can go to my website which is just my name garrisoncohen.com um as of this particular time of i just put up a new website and i'm adding new things to it so i've got a big program on the website but i also do lots of smaller programs as well to really help people get themselves out there. Um, and you can contact me through that website. Also, if you want to, um, if you want to 
friend me on Facebook or Instagram, <clears throat> I'm in the process of starting a whole new um, outreach, especially during this time um, of just mystery of where we're all going and you know the state of the world. I'm starting a whole new um, outreach of just speaking um, you know, just about my work and things that I think will help people. So feel free to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram as well. Thank you. And I just want to share to you and to everyone listening and to myself, I hope we all come to know ourselves a little bit deeper during these times. Yeah. Garrison, thank you so much for some incredibly sparkling, insightful and vibrant conversation. And for the reflections that you provided, it's been truly delightful having you here. And I can't wait to have you back on the show. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, um, for listening. I hope you found this useful. Please share this with people who would as well. Please leave a review and um, share some comments so we can share this, this content, this information, this insight with as many people as possible so we can impact the world together. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to see you again. Yeah, thanks so much, Ani, and thanks everybody for being here and listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found value, please consider leaving a five-star review to allow the show to reach more people, or share this episode via your social media channels. If you're an entrepreneur and want support in exponentially scaling your business, email me at ani at animanian.com. At